Hi, welcome to the Wusa Podcast, a limited series where we'll unpack issues affecting black and brown women on the job, some of my own crazy workplace stories, and good discussions aligning with both my career development books, Wusa, a survival guide for women of color working in corporate, and Workplace Peace, a workbook and journal for women of color, seven keys to obtaining a more fulfilling work experience. I'm your host, Coach Rock Robertson, and I'm here to help you navigate the workplace more effectively while protecting your peace and cultivating smart and strategic career planning moves. But first things first, let's take a deep breath and woo-saw. Hey, happy International Women's Day here in the lovely month of March, Women's History Month. Hey, this month is designed to commemorate and encourage the study, observance, and celebration of the vital role that women play in American history. And Women's International Day specifically is a global holiday celebrated annually as a focal point in the women's rights movement bringing attention to issues such as gender equality, reproductive rights, and violence and abuse against women. I couldn't be any more honored to not only be a woman, especially during this time and during this month and on this day, but to be sharing episode six of the WUSA podcast titled Communities and Tribes in this month celebrating women on this day. So let's just briefly level set. If this is your first time tuning into the WUSA podcast, I am your host, Coach Rock Robertson. I am the author of WUSA, a survival guide for women of color working in corporate, WUSA Workplace Peace, a workbook and journal for women of color, seven keys to obtaining a more fulfilling work experience, and Dreams Bigger Than Texas, a story of faith, purpose, perseverance, and growth into womanhood. And judging by my book titles, you've probably guessed it, but I have a heart for serving women, specifically millennial and Gen Z women, with their personal and professional development. Hey, I am a certified professional life coach, a college and career readiness expert, a career strategist, and workplace peace advocate. I wrote Wusai in 2019, a month after firing my corporate employer. My goal at the time was to start a national dialogue around adversities that women of color face in the workplace and how to navigate challenging work environments overall, advocate for themselves, show up authentically, But most importantly, I desire to provide solutions and strategies for thriving in and out of the workplace. So here we are, 2023, Women's International Day, with WUSA and three revisions, an ebook, audiobook, workbook, and a podcast later. You know, this topic is constantly evolving and expanding. And sadly, I have no doubt that by the time I actually have children, this topic of equity for women may still be relevant when they come of age. So yeah, WUSA is pretty timeless. 
To put things into perspective, just months after going into publishing back in 2019 with Wusa, the entire 2020 awakening happened. So much has changed from then to now, and here we are, three years post pandemic. And personally, my knowledge, perspective, maturity, and comfort level discussing this topic has evolved immensely. And even today on Women's International Day, It appears that some women of color who have experienced pay gaps, sexism, and racism in the workplace are a bit more hopeful. Since the pandemic and the public execution of George Floyd, our country has come to a much needed racial reckoning. We've had significant open dialogues on race. We even have DEI programs implemented everywhere and task force created. Juneteenth was recognized as a federal holiday, and the minority grant opportunities are abundant, and those are created, I'm sure, to offset systemic racism. So, all good, right? Considering slow progress is better than none. Hmm, not so fast. On the flip side, while we made a lot of progress, there are many women of color. Who are still in the throes of frustration stemming from discrimination, microaggressions, being underpaid, racist remarks, and covert competency quizzes. And these women are hurt, angry, and looking for solutions to better show up authentically while obtaining workplace peace. These are the women that I'm here for. And this is what WUSA is all about. And so today, we're talking about communities and tribes as this podcast aligns with chapters in the Wusa book, of course. So, speaking of communities and tribes, there is nothing like going through something, feeling isolated and alone versus going through the same thing or something heavier when you're connected to community. And I'm talking about true, valuable community. I, I don't need to tell you how easy it is to be around so many people, to be surrounded by people in community, air quotes, and still feel so lonely and isolated. The community and tribes that I'm talking about or want to dive deeper into building today are the community and tribes that are filled with women, beautiful, strong women. Who have your back. They add value. They pray for you. They hold you accountable. And in today's episode, we'll discuss the value in being connected, what's good community, what's not so good community, the importance of allyship, how you can add value, and how to find your community. So, when I think about community and tribes on Women's International Day, and even having a whole month to celebrate the power in women, I, I just think of the value in togetherness. And what better way than to take today to really talk about community and tribes? So, let's define community a unified body of individuals with common interests. Tribes, on the other hand, A group of people having common character, occupation, or interests. Again, one more time. Community is defined as a unified body of individuals with common interests. And tribes are defined as 
a group of persons having a common character, occupation, or interest. Very, very similar, right? What I love about the tribe's definition is that it mentioned common character, and that is so important, uh, just kind of differentiating communities. Um, and we'll get more into that in just a minute. But based on these definitions, which I grabbed off of Merriam-Webster, would you consider yourself to be in community? Are you open to being in community? Have you ever heard of the African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that proverb speaks to community. This makes sense, right? Unfortunately, as much as this makes sense to me, I'm reminded of the immature and piercing frequent phrase that I've heard among many Black women. And that phrase goes something like this. I don't do women. I don't hang with women. I'm self-made. I don't need nobody. Okay? Those are phrases that I've heard before, and the list goes on. I'm sure you've probably heard some sort of rendition. Maybe you are a woman that easily professed that I don't do women. I don't need women. And I can't imagine those phrases only being popular or used in the Black community but likely and quite possibly among women from all ethnicities. Granted, I get it. There are quite a few stigmas of women as catty, petty, (laughs) moody, emotional, etc., as if our double X chromosomes are the culprit of these stereotypical behaviors. Today, allow me to dispel this myth and buy in often hindering the beautiful opportunity to build community and true tribes with women. Sis, there are no islands, and everyone got to where they are in their careers, at work, and in life with support. Don't let anyone tell you differently. And so this notion, I don't need anyone, it's immature and ridiculous at best. We all need someone, and we're all connected to people in one way or another. That said, I don't believe in the phrase self-made. Granted, many of us have done the heavy lifting at times with little to no support, and many of us feel like we're the only ones making things happen. I get it. Shout out to you. Shout out to us, because that's my story too. In fact, I consider myself an independent woman who picked herself up with a will to thrive. My unique story is one of resilience, and I'm sure yours is too. It's our stories that provide exceptional perspective, equipping us with diverse strategies and contributions for life and for the workplace. I said this before here on the podcast, and I'll say it again. Our essence and embracing it is a key to thriving in the workplace and in most environments. But here's another key. Embracing, encouraging, and leveraging the essence of someone outside of ourselves, that's the key. There is so much value in community, and furthermore, God didn't create us for isolation. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 to be exact, that says this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, 
one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so if that doesn't highlight the value in sticking together and community and the power of having a different outcome versus being an island and by yourself, I don't know what will. Now, this is generally speaking, think about the craziness that we come up with in our own heads as women or feeling solo. Now, think of the sister friend or girlfriend or auntie or grandma who's there with the timely message, timely advice and encouragement to counteract all that craziness we done thought in our head and we almost talked ourselves off of a ledge. Aren't you glad for that community? Wasn't she valuable? Isn't she valuable? Now, transitioning to the workplace and professional communities, behind every successful woman of color is a story filled with a tribe of others rooting for and cheering her on. Maybe these tribes were invisible and not in the forefront, but they were present at critical times and places in our journeys. Maybe it was the stranger who paid you a compliment on a difficult day or the college counselor who helped you straighten out your financial aid. Maybe it was the grandma or the prayer warrior who sent up prayers for protection on your behalf. Maybe it was the teacher who believed in you, the other woman of color on the interview panel who advocated for you behind closed doors and helped you get the job. Whoever these God-sinned women were, they were there to help you along your way. Tribes are critical for maintaining your sanity, your peace, and success. Your tribe and community may come in various ways, colors, people, and at different times in your career. Many of your communal relationships may have been built organically, but it's also in your best interest to build them intentionally. So as we think about building intentionally, let's talk about what's a good community and a bad community, and then we'll move into allyships, networking, and how to find community. Okay, it might sound a little obvious as we talk about good community versus bad community, like we should know these things. But for the record, I do have some younger women, some high school and collegiate women tuning in, and I want to be mindful of where they may be in their professional and life life's journey as they're building community. Um, we just have to start from scratch, okay? So we'll start from scratch. And even for my more seasoned women thinking through good and bad community, it may actually help to sit down and evaluate your own relationships. I want to be frank here in this portion of the the podcast. So here, here we go. Good community and potential tribe members. These are the women that are always asking how can they serve and help and support you. And sometimes they're not even asking. They're just doing it. They're just popping over, helping you clean or cook the food when you're sick. They're there serving, okay? They're not in competition with you. 
They demonstrate discipline and self-control in their personal lives. And you see that. You see how they handle themselves. Those are the type of women you want in your community. They can compliment you without following that compliment with a comparison statement about their shortcoming. Okay, we've all been there, whether you have uh, got the job and the friend is complimenting you with a follow up of a comparison like, oh, man, congratulations, sis. Uh, I Man, I haven't been able to land a job at all. I'm, I'm really struggling over here. And it's like, yo, just send the compliment. You don't have to follow it up with the comparison statement about your shortcoming or your skin is gorgeous. What you doing, sis? Look at all these scars on my face. Okay, that's something to keep an eye on for good community members. They are attentive and they're humble. They demonstrate emotionally intelligent characteristics. These women are uplifting and speak kind and highly of others. They're intentional about legacy and the bigger picture. Those are a couple examples of characteristics of good community and good tribe members that you want to be connected with. Okay, so the bad community. (laughs) Basically, it's the opposite of everything that I just mentioned. I'm just kidding. Um, At times, it's tough for us to really see signs of bad company, especially when we've just known someone our whole life or we've been tethered to them so long or when they're super charismatic. It's hard to really see that sometimes. And this makes me think of another scripture that talks about bad company. It's um, 1 Corinthians 15.33, and it says, Don't be fooled. Bad company will destroy you. That's the Coach Rock Robertson version. But uh, no, seriously, it basically says, don't be, don't be fooled. Bad company, bad community will corrupt your character, Okay. And even if you think you're the strongest of the strong, the more you hang with company that's no good or that has misaligned values from from you and how you conduct yourself, it's going to impact your character. So bad company, a couple examples, they are manipulative, okay? You see them manipulate situations, people. They're self-centered and controlling, They want you to think like them and, hey, let's do this or just kind of overbearing. They gossip. They major on the minor and menial things. That gossip, listen, when people are gossiping, that is a telltale sign of bad company because if they're talking about other people, (laughs) they're talking about you. Listen, bad company is constantly procrastinating. That's a vortex trap. You know, you don't want to get caught in the trap of procrastination and being around those that just do that all the time. They're not about their business. They don't respect you being about yours. You may say, hey, I have to write this paper. I got this, that, and a third going on. And they're still pressing the issue to hang out with no respect of your boundaries. And I talked about boundaries in a previous podcast. They're not defending you and informing you. So it may be a situation at work where they were privy to something and they, they're part of your community, right? They're part of your tribe, but they didn't inform you and you just kind of got caught in the wind and off guard with something, but that's supposed to be your friend. And they're throwing people under the bus. 
They refuse to be inconvenienced. What about that? Because true friendship and community, that's sacrifice. Sacrifice is love. When you're inconvenienced and you do, that's really giving sacrificially. And so people in your community that don't want to be inconvenienced to come help you pack or clean up, those are people you want to keep an eye out on, okay? You might want to evaluate them being in your community. So those are a couple examples of bad community. And I'm sure there's so many more. Um, If you have some great suggestions, please shoot me a note, drop a comment. I always want to hear what you're thinking, what you've come across. So we talked about the value of community and tribes and what good community looks like versus bad community. So now let's talk about networking as a means to building community and how you can add value. So as with any relationship, because communities are built with, are full of people that you have relationships with, of course, right? But with any relationship, you'll need to first court the person and nurture that relationship so that it grows. And this is if you're just meeting someone. Even if you're not just meeting them, you may not have to court them, but you still want to nurture that relationship so that it continues to grow. Many of us have tribes and people in our community, but think back to how you first met those sisters. How did they become invited into your community? What did you do? What did you all all do together? There had to be some sort of courting or nurturing of the friendship, right? You have to put in work and you have to be open to see the value in building. So if you're one that don't do women, listen, sis, you're missing out. And I hope by the end of this episode, you will be a little more willing to build with, add to, and celebrate other women. I mentioned courting in relationships. And so networking works the same way, essentially. Through networks and networking, you can build a community in this way. And different seasons of your life will require different friends and a different tribe and community members. So it's important to be open and willing to meet new women. First, let me define what networking is not. Networking is not what others can do for you. Let me send you my resume. Can you make a phone call for me? It's not a what can you get mentality. Networking, at least successful networking from my experience, on the other hand, is offering assistance, cultivating relationships. The, hey, happy Friday, just checking on you, text or email. I didn't want anything because it shows that you were thinking about them. It's supporting people's businesses, their podcasts, purchasing their books and their products, showing up to their events, etc. It's also being visible and having something worthwhile to offer as well. Therefore, networking is a mutually beneficial relationship. It focuses on what you can offer and what support you can provide. This makes the transitions easier when opportunities become available or when you need someone to talk to or when you need a tribe member to help you with the project, watch your son for a few minutes, make a phone call on your behalf, etc. Now, I'm not only talking about being transactional. I'm not talking about transactional relationships at all or making a suggestion that you're the only one giving, 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 and doing. No, rather switch your mindset to giving versus receiving as you're approaching networking. 
Because the more you give and serve, the more you will receive back in return. It's just the law. It's pressed down, shaken together, and it overflows. It comes back to you tremendously. So the more you focus on giving and being a blessing and serving, doing this lays a strong foundation and provides a more natural way of connecting with individuals to build your community. So I want you to take an inventory. Let's pause. Take an inventory of your offerings. Think about this. Why would someone want you in their community? What value are you adding? What are your skills and who's in your network that could help someone else's network? So I want to pause really quickly right here and to talk about allyship as we're thinking about communities and tribes and pretty much how um, white people can be allies or be a part of the tribe. While this is the Wusa podcast, which addresses unique obstacles that black and brown women face in the workplace, um, womanhood is womanhood and we're stronger together. And sometimes I get the question of, okay, how could non uh, people of color be more supportive to minorities in the workplace? And, and I want to say this and be, uh, I want to be sensitive and, uh, um, and mindful that all black women are not listening to this podcast. And I pray that all women listening to this podcast will grasp some tangible takeaways that could better help their workplace experience. And to all my lovely white women listening, you can absolutely be a part of the tribe and community and you're invited to the cookout. As a matter of fact, it's important for all women as a whole to band together. However, this is what we would need from you, especially in the workplace, when we're the minority and absent from the seats of those who hold power. We need you to first assess your own potential implicit biases, do some introspective work, think about it. Do you wrestle with superiority complexes or faulty perceptions about women of color? Have you bought into any stereotypes? I mean, no one's going to know the answer but you. So think about those things. And if you have, just humbly educate yourself. Learn from and have intentional conversations with the black and brown women. So you can also show up more compassionate and empathetic towards us and our needs. And think about this. Just because something isn't your experience doesn't mean it isn't ours. And many things that are not your experiences are nightmares for us. So we would love for you to listen, to learn, listen to learn, be accountable and support us by being equity advocates and anti-racists. Now, granted, it's not your responsibility to pay for the sins of all white racist people. We don't expect you to, at least I don't, that's crazy. But we want you to check others who you know are engaging in discriminatory bias and racial behaviors and conversations when you hear them. Advocate for those who you know or suspect may be mistreated. Do everything you can to ensure the environments that you are in are equitable and inclusive. And hey, as long as you can commit to doing this, you're welcome to the tribe and the community. Because tribe and community members understand the power in diversity and they leverage and celebrate it. 
Okay, so that's my spiel on allyship. So we talked about the value of community, what's good and bad community. We talked about allyship um, and questions for how you can add value. Now let's close this episode with ways to find and build community in the workplace, you can consider joining business resource or affinity groups at your company and remain very active. That helps. You'll need to observe who you're interested in building a community with, though, first as first and foremost. That's just utilizing wisdom. Observe them for a little bit. For me personally, I joined Toastmasters, and I was on a couple um affinity groups. I volunteered. I got a gym membership on site and I was intentional and visible. And during my time at corporate, I had a robust community. My tribe and community on the job is what really kept me sane as long as I was while being there. It was comprised of diverse people, including senior leaders, mail clerks, food service workers, security personnel, and even janitors, neither my title nor my department made me believe that I was beyond building a community with different people within the company. Now, although the majority of my community consisted of black and brown people, I was still intentional about connecting with people of all races and ethnicities and genders. And in the same breath, (laughs) being a minority in a white-dominated environment who experienced frequent microaggressions, it, may, it, it, it did make it difficult to connect with non-minorities at times because filtering through those who were genuine and those who wasn't was exhausting. And being a minority in the job setting, when I was around people that looked like me, I was able to remove my corporate mask, even if just for a lunch break. As a minority working in a corporate environment, connecting with other people of color, it just provided a stronger sense of safety, trust, community, and family. This is why I wanted to share that spill about allyship for non-Black and brown women. Um, That allyship is just important in everything that I shared and, you know, really getting to the root of any biases that you may be experiencing and advocating for other black and brown people to provide, help provide a safe space for us. And um, having diverse communities, that's so important. We're all vital to each other. Okay, so how can you build or solidify your community or tribe in the workplace? Here are a couple things that you can do. First of all, you're going to have to be open to building and see the value of tribes and communities. See the value in partnering with other women. That's number one. (laughs) Number two, you're going to have to think outside of the box. My community didn't consist solely of other employees, my friends and closest relatives. They were also a part of my community. Being able to connect with a diversely skilled community is healthy for your growth. Think about it. Your hairstylist, therapist, or even doctor can also be a part of your tribe. Both my hairstylist and doctor were a part of mine. 
I love being able to sit in my hairstylist chair and to get my hair shampooed and to connect with her and tell her about everything I had going on in the workplace and in life. And I promise they, um, hairstylists, they are low-key therapists, um, especially my doctor, who was a part of my community. She was my primary advocate. She was the one who recognized health changes um, and diagnosed me with work stress ailments. So, so ladies, make sure your community has variety so you can receive all-inclusive perspectives and insight from different walks of life in different areas of life, okay? Number three, own the fact that we do need people. We need people. As bad as you think you don't need anyone, we do need people, and we're created for community, Many of us were raised to be strong, unbreakable, and unemotional. Some of us are pretty private or untrusting, too, because we've been burned by people. I get it. Consequently, we remain hard and closed off. And for the strong ones, we ignore our feelings because Black women can handle and take anything. We were subconsciously fed this unhealthy mindset which spilled over into our everyday practices, thus preventing us from speaking up and being seen or heard. Many challenges that we endured or let slide in the workplace was because of pride and this notion of strength, which inadvertently suggests that we don't deserve to be helped, loved, visible enough to be heard, because we can handle anything and we suffer in silence as a result. I always advocate for you to use wisdom and observe those who you let in or let close, but you got to be willing to let someone in. This is why knowing what bad community looks like is important, so that way you could just kind of filter through it up front. People will show you who they are in different ways, primarily through their actions. But sis, it's okay to be in a community to be vulnerable, to let your guard down. You are smart and you're discerning, so use that. And please stop this ideology of unyielding strength and isolation. It's so toxic. We must reach a space where we can be real, assertive, vulnerable, and transparent in the workplace and in our personal lives, okay? The next thing is to take an inventory of who you're already connected to. Is it time to reshift or to rebuild your community? Think about how you can be a better community member to those who are around you. How can you nurture the relationships that you do have? After you've already taken inventory of who you're connected to. Okay, I want you to identify two to three people that you want to build with. Okay, two to three people that you see her is like, you know how you see another woman and you're like, okay, I see you. I see what you're doing. Whether she's fly, she's a boss mom, she's a great entrepreneur, she's talented. So identify two to three women that you want to build with or to be in your community. Is it the other woman that's dropping her child off at daycare that you see time to time? Is it that person that you follow on LinkedIn or social media Is she a neighbor? Because there are women in our paths that are potential great tribe members. Which brings me to my next point. Be brave enough to say hello. 
and to ask someone for coffee or to get to know them. And as you're doing that, speak when you make eye contact and smile. That's something that just grinds my gears. People are not speaking. You, They're looking you dead in the eye. Y'all made eye contact and no one's speaking. No one's smiling. I know it's a lot of weirdness and creepers out here, but your intentions are pure. You can speak and make eye, when you make eye contact and smile. <laughs> the next thing is to attend some networking events. Attend events and while you're there, intentionally introduce yourself to people. You got to be visible. Since your community and tribe is not going to knock on your door. It's just like dating, right? These are relationships. That Prince Charming doesn't knock on your door. You have to put yourself out there and be willing to be vulnerable and use your discernment when you need to, okay? Because we're created for community. There, This person in your community, prospective community, may be a solution to something that you're going through. You know, God uses people in our lives to, to be a blessing and to help us in ways. But if you're so closed off and think you don't need anyone or you don't do women, you could miss out completely on something that's for you. Finally, practice being, doing, and giving to others what you want to receive in your community. So in closing, ladies, we are only as strong as the company we keep. Having a solid tribe and community can help us navigate through insecurities, depression, anxiety. It can help us get the promotion, offer a laugh, a hand, or a shoulder to lean on when we need it. And you can be that for someone else. It's tough enough being a woman in a male-dominated society, and we don't need to build walls amongst each other. We need community, and that's okay. Hey, here's a challenge. Send a voice note, a text message, an email, or a DM to those who are currently in your community and ask them how can you better serve them and let them know you appreciate them. Until next time, peace and love. I'm Coach Ruck Robertson, and you've been listening to the Woosah Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Book or by searching Raquel Robertson. If you haven't yet, be sure to pick up your copy of Woosah, a survival guide for women of color working in corporate, available in ebook, audio, and in paperback. And grab the accompanying workbook and journal, Woosah Workplace Peace, Seven Keys to Obtaining a More Fulfilling Work Experience, both available at RaquelShelton.com. Hey, while you're over there at my website, hit the subscribe button to join my mailing list. And if you found this episode helpful, write a review, share it with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to protect your peace, advocate for yourself, and woosah whenever you need to.